Welcome to Keith and the Girl. I'm Keith Malley. I'm Chemda. Chemda, tell people about tomorrow's show. It's Saturday. I hope you got your tickets only in New York.eventbrite.com. It's only $10, and we're going to do a live only in New York show. It's our first live show, and it's virtual, so everyone's invited. Only in New York.eventbrite.com. It's also a link in our uh, bios on social media. All right. Today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting right into it. You try to guess at home. Who am I describing? Ready? His best-selling book is called A Goomba's Guide to Life. Oh, forget that. <laughs> on Blue Bloods, shh, Steve, I'm talking. On Blue Bloods, he's Detective Anthony. Oh, oh, what did I say? Right? On Sopranos, I'll do the impression. He doesn't care for the impression, but I think it's dead on. I'll do the impression you at home see. Like, who is he? Who is he? Ready? Tony. It's Bobby Bacala. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Sharippa. How you doing, hey, Steve? Hey, how are you? You know, when did I do the show last? Four or five years ago? His impressions yeah, have gotten worse. They were bad then, and they're even worse now. Oh, it's not like that, Tony. Come on, that's pretty dead on. Give me a break. I Come applaud, on. I applaud the effort, my friend. I mean, back then you were afraid they were going to renew Sopranos somehow, and I'd take your job. But now yes, we're just yes. I think we don't have to sweat that too much. <laughs> uh, not that this is new to you, Steve, but Hemda, Sopranos came out about 20 years ago is when it started. And it's been on for 30 years. So that's what's so amazing. It's been on longer. Uh, he, uh, Steve, with uh, Michael Imperioli, you know, uh, you know him, of course, from Sopranos, uh, have a podcast now. It's called Talking Sopranos. They are now on, as I just heard it today, episode seven of the first season. How many seasons were there? I know it went from like 99 to There were seven, seven seasons. They call it six, but that was just a way for them not to pay us as much. <laughs> so uh, it's really seven seasons. They say it's all one. They say well, it's all one long season. Well, yeah. did you did you accept the punch card where like the seventh one is free? Because that's yeah, that's- ex- basically that was it. But yeah, that's what they did. But there's seven seasons. There's eighty six episodes altogether, and we're just starting. You know, uh, episode seven came out uh, this week, and. It's going to be a long haul, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, right. So only 79 more to go. That's quick math. I'll let everybody know how easy it is to slap on some headphones to do a podcast, Steve. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to tell you something. And I don't know. And, and, and I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. But I right. just had no idea. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the show. Sure. It's hours and hours of work, man. You know, I mean, right. we got to watch the show. You got to take right. notes while you're watching it. it very complex. It's a very, uh, yeah, very complex show. You know, it's it's not an easy flowing thing. So you got to do that. Take my notes, transcribe the notes. Then the next day before we do it, I have to watch the show again. So you are you honest? Are you actively watching? Or if you're not in it, do you make dinner also? No, 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 no. I got to watch. I got to talk about it. The fans know more than me. Right. You know what do I'm you- saying? Do you do you feel funny watching yourself on screen? Terrible. Yeah. Do you do you start running a list of shit in your head? Like of oh, course, God. of course. There's so many things that I've done that I've never seen, and I'm okay with that. You know, talk show appearances, all kinds of stuff that I've never seen. 
of course, I've watched The Sopranos, and I'm watching it again now. And, uh, yeah, you know, you always see something you did wrong. So unless you're an egomaniac, which there are plenty of egomaniacal actors and comics, uh, I don't want to hear myself. I don't want to see myself. Mm. You know, I, I really don't like it. So this is the perfect podcast for you. Very good. Yeah, you know what? Right. I've done a lot of podcasts. I've never heard a podcast. I've never listened. I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Just when, not when, my when, thing. Listen, I still have a flip phone. Like I told you, it's still going. I have a flip phone. Is that deliberate? Yeah, to absolutely. Have a flip phone, absolutely. Like fuck them. No, it's not. Not fuck them. It's I'm a simpleton. I'm not that technically, you know, savvy. So I text. And I could text very short texts. To my wife, my daughter, whoever, and and I talk. If you and want to have a conversation with me, as I always tell Jemda, you call me. We'll talk. The, the good news is he hasn't had to charge it since 1980, so it's it's really good. It is it is funny at this point when I email you, I'm like, hey, we'd love to to have you on the show, and I, I give you some details, and I'm like, should I just call you? And yes. Always, just call me. <laughs> Very simple, and I have two backups of those. Because they're getting extinct. <laughs> so I have two backups. Well, it's For just real. funny that that Steve can't subscribe to his own podcast, but his phone <laughs> can take phone calls. <laughs> I do have a laptop. Uh, okay. we're talking. This is mine. I do own this. <laughs> I, I I am a fan of this podcast And of course Steve can't help it Steve tells you inside Hollywood stories of nothing Unless Michael Jordan was on The Sopranos You hear him uh, talking about uh, You know inside stuff all over the place And and I love that Well what I think it is I mean what we're trying to do But what we're doing is it's two friends We're very close friends We've done a bunch of projects together I know Michael since 1999 uh, it's two friends having lunch, having dinner, talking about the show we used to do and everything that comes with it. It's just like a, a, a lunch conversation. And yeah, Michael, I always bring, my, I always bring a ton of notes and my homework to lunch. It's fantastic. I bring- no, no, no. That's the that stuff. The notes part that is just a rewatch. But the shit that I talk about is what I talk about. You know, I I talk about Michael Jordan. He's got a terrible reputation in Las Vegas. They call him him Hoarding Michael Jordan. He doesn't tip. Uh, uh, No tipping Scottie Pippen. Uh, When that that TV show comes out, uh, The Last Dance, and you learn that Scottie Pippen got a raw deal, are you like, good? Well, no, no, not at all. I don't care. I've met Scottie Pippen. He's not a bad guy. Uh, But the worst tipper... In the history of tippers is Tiger Woods. Horrible. Horrible. And I'm not joking. You know, I had a friend of mine, and I didn't even talk about it on my podcast. You're going to hear it first. But a friend friend of mine was a general manager of uh, P.F. Chang's in Vegas. She was a good friend of mine. She happened to be a good friend of of, uh, Tiger Woods. And they would go out. He would come to town, whether it be a tournament or whatever he was doing. And there was a group of them would go out. She said, I can't afford to go out with Tiger Woods anymore. Because all night long, he stiffened people and I've got to do the tipping. It cost me three or $400 every time we go out. So wow. everything's free, but you still got to tip the waitress, the bartender, et cetera, et cetera. 
No luck. Have, have you 20- done that? Are you in the habit of seeing someone else's tip? Let's say you're out for lunch with friends or whatever. You see it and you, you wait until everyone goes and you just kind of slide more. Absolutely. It happens quite often. Yeah. Now, quite often. I try to pick up the check. I'm kind of the guy, if I like you enough to have lunch with you, uh, I'm, uh, I, like, I, I, I like you enough to pay for you. Uh, but if someone yeah, we else. we know you're Italian. Yeah, but if someone else. I'm half a Jew, you know. But if someone else insists, uh, then I will make sure if I look, he's a little short of ten percent. I got to go give the guy twenty dollars or ten dollars on top. You know. Has Has anyone gotten mad when they saw that? And they never told me, but maybe. You know? Imagine, imagine getting in Steve's face like, did you just put another twenty down? Right. You know, it is a little embarrassing. You know, the guys. You know, but you know, especially if it's somewhere that I go all the time. You know, you over tip for a place you go, right? One of the best tippers and most generous guys is Charles Barkley. Oh, Charles okay, Barkley that's... pays for everyone. I, I was at a charity event with him in North Carolina a few years ago. <clears throat> when after the charity, you know, this the whole thing, went to the bar. There was a like a club and uh, went to pay for the drink. Said Charles has the whole tab. There had to be 200 people. Mm. All right. I was getting nervous. It was all basketball players. So that's no. good to hear. But seriously, but that is the truth. And, and and the stuff we talk about during the podcast is just, you know, we veer off. I mean, we're talking Oh, you veer off. Oh, yeah, you veer off. Let's talk about this Ellen DeGeneres. Little yeah. Miss Nice answers show. Be nice to each other. On what planet is this happening, Steve? Yeah, but you see... You know people that know her and that she's I, not as nice. You know that. A lot of com the, the comedy world they know. The writers know. She did she made me feel like a piece of crap at my first Emmys. She just dismissed me. She worked for me in Vegas. She knew exactly who I was. I guess she found it better to just treat, you know, make me I, I slinked away, which is why to this day. I won't go over to someone first, you know, hey, you know, I'm a fan of yours. And, and then they give them that chance to dismiss me. You know, she she gets off on that, obviously. Uh, here's an interesting story. It happened to be in the paper today. Uh, this waitress, Chris, 35 years old. She said she was a waitress at a vegan restaurant in, in L.A. Uh, DeGeneres was with her wife, Portia de Rossi. They came for brunch. The next day, the waiter pulls the waitress aside. Excuse me, the owner pulls the waitress inside aside and says, "Did you wait on Ellen the other day?" And she goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, uh, she's upset with us because she said your nail polish was chip." No. She called the restaurant and said, "My waitress had chip nail polish." And well, what crazy. planet? Yeah, that's insane. That's she lost her glasses. That's pretty if crazy. If it's true, if it's true, but here's what I'm hearing, Steve. I've heard a lot of stories. How do you even have time? Like that's like making a customer service call. Who wants to call Time Warner or Spectrum or AT and T? Why? I agree with you. I would just not go back to the restaurant. Me because personally, of her, because of her nail polish. No, no. I'm saying if I if it bothered me, look. When I go to a restaurant, if I don't like it, I don't make a complaint. My soup was cold. This and that. I just don't ever go back. You know, and I, you know, that's it. I just don't go back there. This stinks. The portions are small, whatever. Whatever my complaint is, I'm not going to get anywhere complaining. But listen, everybody has a bad day, right? So, you know, usually when you hear about celebrities or ball players, athletes, you hear a lot of people say it about them. This guy's a prick. This, she's no good. Da, da, da. Listen, 
There's times I'm having an argument with my wife on the phone. A guy wants to take a picture. I say, do you, you know, I snap at the guy. So he probably goes and tells all his friends what an asshole I am, but he doesn't know what I'm going through. Right? But, that's, but that's more fun. Like if, if I came up to you and you were on the phone and you went like, what the fuck and dismissed me, I'd be like, yeah, I wish I videotaped that. But if Ellen goes back home, calls on the phone, says about the trip. Now, I wonder if the manager who's talking to the employee is cracking up about it. Like, oh my God, Ellen called about your fingernails. Or if he's like, do you know that you had a fingernail broken? Right. I mean, how do you look that manager in the face that he's taking? I agree, from? but it wouldn't like, surprise me. You're in, you're in LA in that world. It's a whole nother planet there, you know? Yeah, uh, I went to I went to a restaurant job to to be a bartender, and I get in line, and it's a line of models, and I'm like, "What the fuck am I doing here?" And I'm like, "All right, I'm here anyway." And I sit down, and the manager, she's like, "What are you doing here?" And she's like, "Do you know why?" And I go, "Yes." She goes, "Thank you." <laughs> All right, this is Hilarious. great. Now we gotta <laughs> tell Keith that he's very pretty. Keith, thank you. You're very pretty. Well, you she could said, work from. My you could stand in whatever line you want, Keith. It's your world. Yeah, she said work hey, from home, and here we are. But, you know, uh, I heard somebody tell me a story the other day. Uh, one of the owners of a big restaurant, I think it's called Bone, he was learning, you know, his family has a lot of money, and he was trying to learn the business. So he went to my good friend's restaurant to get a job to learn the business. This is, uh, this is seven, eight years ago. And uh, my buddy knew his parents. He starts interviewing. The guy sits down. He starts interviewing. He says, hey, you want something to drink, water, something? He said, I'll have a vodka soda during a job interview. Uh, (laughs) All you have to do is be quiet and you're hired. Yeah. (laughs) He did not not get the job. But is that hilarious? Can I get you something to drink, a vodka soda? Let's Thanks. hire this guy. We need him. <laughs> he knows how to have a good time. He's the morale booster. Dude, I'm, I, when I was going through I'm the last person that buys newspapers, but I'm going through it. And there's, a, there's a Donald Trump at another fucking mask warehouse being the only one, including staff members that he brought over, not wearing a mask. Yeah. What the fuck? And Steve, I, according to your podcast, I, I don't mean to even say it that way, but I, that's how I learned that you lost a, at least one friend to COVID-19. It's going to be lost, making you sick. I've lost three friends, and I've had numerous friends are sick. And I just don't understand. What is the big deal with the mask? I mean, you know, these people are taking it. Some people are taking it. You don't tell me what to do. And that's what Donald Trump's doing. I'm right. You're not telling. Whether you're a Trump fan or not, this has nothing to do with politics. This is common sense, man. It's common sense. So what's the big deal? Put on the mask. You're going to make everyone happy. So you're protecting someone else. Well, I think it's it's really funny that right now our president is taking a tour of a mask factory. Like, why are you doing that? Yeah, It'd be like taking a Breyers tour and they go, would you like a scoop ice cream? And I say, no, thanks. No. What do you mean? Not that. Ice cream? Are you crazy? I slap it out of their hand. I would never touch ice cream. But I want to thank all our ice cream workers. <laughs> they give us the dairy that we need, the dessert with calcium. You know, and of course, of course, it's political. It's Trump saying, uh, you know, let's bring this uh, nation back on track. You know, when he says statements 
like, you know, uh, Pennsylvania is willing to, this is where this was at. Pennsylvania is willing to go out there and make the sacrifices it needs for this country to work again. You are saying we understand some people have to die. I'm not, I'm not reaching here. So of course it's political. When he just said before this show started, there will be a vaccine by the end of the year. That's political. Cause then he can promise if you guys play your cards right, I can guarantee November 4th. The, va- the vaccine will come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course I, it is. It's, uh, it's amazing. I saw a picture today. He did an interview, and the two doctors, Fauci and, and I don't know what the other doctor's name, right. they're both wearing masks. They're yeah, the experts. They're yeah, the Alex, experts. Alex Azar is the human services secretary. He was with, he was at during this uh, mask plant. Yeah, they're all wearing the masks. He's like, not me. I'm the fucking king. I don't Guys, understand. Man. We always knew the people that were good at science were nerds and they're going to wear their glasses and they're going to wear their masks yeah. and they're going to we're just we just have to knock the the books out of their hands still. It's unbelievable they haven't learned the lesson. It's right? uh, you, you know, I don't think the rest of the country I don't think because they're not going through what New York City's going through, they don't quite understand. You know what I mean? They don't know people that have had it. They don't know people like, you know, I lived in Las Vegas for many years. It's all shut down. The people there don't know anyone who's had it. They don't know anyone that's died. So they're not getting it that this is for real. It's not just a cold. It's not a regular flu. Uh, and, and yeah, I think a lot of people are saying, and I understand in a way they've worked all their life for their business and they're going in the in the shitter, I understand. And I think they're willing to take that chance. So people are going to die. So so be it. Maybe that's... Now, obviously, we have a more liberal audience, Kenda, but maybe that's the poll. We, are you willing to roll the dice to get this uh, country running again? Yeah. Well, when it comes to I, people dying, because people are, obviously, they're into it. I think it's even beyond that. It's not just that. It, it's, it's also people that are willing to die to have sex. It's, it's this... It, it, I mean... It's unbelievable that how much community and how much touch we need and how much to see each other we need. I know it's also a financial thing, but it is insane how quickly we are devolving into animals. Like it's it people people's anxieties are going through the roof. We can't handle this, and we have to we have to kind of do something about it. We have to self soothe. We have to calm ourselves down. We have to talk to each other. We have to like, you know. I don't know, understand that it is that or possible death. Well, I mentioned this the other day, but it's not that people are going out and protesting, please, I need to be a waiter, please, I need to be a hairdresser. Even if they do, those aren't the people you see yapping with a with a fake gun and fake medals like they're in an actual war. They're, they're, they're coming out, they're protesting, saying, I need a waiter, I need a hairdresser. It, it, it's very unti- entitled. It's yeah, it's not. I, the- I I I don't get it. What's the big deal? Put the mask on. I I take. Listen. I I I've been holed up as we all have since uh, what the thirteenth, fourteenth, something like that of of March. March. Yeah. I go out an hour a day, five days a week to take my a walk. I people aren't wearing masks. They're not wearing gloves. I don't know why. They have their families. No one's wearing masks. The parks down here downtown, they're all over the place. On a nice day, they're on top of each other. I see the pictures in Wisconsin. They're at the bar, shoulder to shoulder. I mean, is it that important, man? And they open the beach. Everybody got to go to the beach. Right. <laughs> What's I mean, funny why? is how, 
How about the people who have been trying to get their spouse or lover or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever to be like, hey, come out with me. And they're like, come on, why can't we stay in and watch a movie? You know, the people who are like, ah, do I have to go again to see your uncle or, you know, your cousin or whatever? Now they're the first people at the bar, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, but it's whatever you're told not to do, you know? Well, that's a lot. A lot of it's that. Don't you tell me what to do. This is, it's a stall by, and like I said, I'm not a political guy, but it's a stall by people on the left. So Trump could win again. This is, uh, could, uh, could lose, you know, it's a stall, blah, 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 blah. This whole thing is all set up for that reason. And it's just absurd to me, you know? Right. Uh, By the way, you mentioned uh, Vegas. You graduated Brooklyn College. You had a degree in teaching. Remind me what you taught. I didn't teach. I hated it. That's why I never did it. You left immediately. You went to Vegas to be a bouncer. You're like, I'm taking care of kids either way, right? Well, (laughs) believe me, I would have liked, I student taught in Coney Island. I would have liked to bounce some of the kids there. I was at like a rich junior high school. There's a really good school there, Mark Twain. And I did that for like two semesters. I went, this ain't for me. This is not for me. I knew immediately that this wasn't going to happen. You know, it just, I don't have the patience. And, you know, elementary school kids, they're nice. And high school kids kind of, you know, have some sense, you know, as they get older. But that middle school, when they're 12, 13, 14, right in there, they are heartless. That group is heartless, man. What did you experience? Like, what? What? when did you want to lose your shit? The kids were teasing you. They were making fun of the teach. You know what I mean? They were they were starting already. There was one kid, I swear, I wanted to slam him into the wall. And that's where I knew. I said, this is not going to work. Right. So I, I immediately got off of that. And I was, you know, and I we, just got out. I graduated with a phys ed degree. And I moved to Vegas almost immediately, you know. Now, when you were the, you were the sweet guy in, in Sopranos, but sometimes you had to get your hands dirty. Would you think like you're talking to these kids? Is that how you would get in your role? I'll serve you in a fucking ravine, John. Like, all right, cut. We'll take out the word John, and that's a wrap. You got, there was some in your fucking eyes today, Steve. You know what? I didn't use that, but I'm going to use it now. That's right. a good one. If I need to get riled up on Blue Bloods, that's what I'm going to do. Well, the last time he was on, he uh, the, again, this was in 2016, episode 2326, way back then. So you, you can check that out. But he talks about how he would hire porn stars in Vegas. So I picture it's job security. He hires the porn stars. All right. What hot honeys will get guys riled up? Then they get riled up. They get too crazy. He's got to kick them out. And it just keeps feeding itself. Right. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, Keith. That's not how it happened. Okay, but, all right. But, but that was in a hotel. That was at okay. the Riviera. That was later on where I hired these girls to do shows and stuff. You know, and we had the AVN Awards uh, at the at the hotel. You know, and and that was certainly different. You know, you had. Uh, you know, the Oscars of the porn world, and they were there for, you know, two or three days. So that was different, you know. And they were nicer than Ellen at the Emmys. They absolutely were. <laughs> By all means, there was nobody that wasn't nice. They couldn't be nicer <laughs> and more polite. And, and listen, everyone who knows Ellen, she's just, I don't know what her beef is. You know, she dances around. It's all fake. The audience jumps up. They got to dance with her. It's horrifying to me. Horrifying. 
You know, honestly, it's just horrifying. And uh, I don't know what her beef is. She's complaining. She feels like she's in jail. She has the most beautiful home on the beach. It's like 20,000 square feet or something. I mean, it's over a mansion. She's not waiting in line at Trader Joe's. You know what I mean? She ain't waiting in line. So what's her beef, man? You know, what's her beef? She you actually know, calls how, Joe. Joe delivers food to exactly. her. Exactly. I mean, you know, really, what, what's your, you know, there's a lot of people, what, what's your beef? How big a piece of the pie do you want? You you got lucky. You, 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 you're talented. You got lucky. Blah, 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 blah. What else do you want? I don't get it. I don't get it. I got, there's I'm the not headline. a showbiz guy, you know? <laughs> Steve says, what do you want, Ellen? That's it. There you go. Did you were you ever scared to talk shit about someone that you worked with? Because you know, a lot of times people go on talk shows and the talk show wants the 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 juicy stuff, but you're talking about your coworkers. So it's a lot of questions like, how did you like working with director so and so? And I think we all and because of this podcast, we got to say express ourselves a little bit more than other people. But are you ever hesitant to be like, hey guy, I gotta work with this guy again tomorrow? Like well, when you pick on De Niro, when you say De Niro's an asshole, yeah. I mean, that's the original Soprano. Yeah. You didn't give a fuck. Well, listen, first of all, I don't go around trashing people just for the sake of trashing them. De Niro was very rude and dissed me. So I don't like him. And uh, and it has nothing to do with Trump or politics. This is way before that. He was very rude to me at an event, extremely rude for no reason whatsoever. So if I have something to say like that, uh, I tell a Reggie Jackson story. You ever hear that one on uh, on Conan, which Conan almost fell off his chair. He couldn't believe I told the story. But these are people that did me wrong. Uh, they were rude to me. So I have no problem telling the story. I, I don't talk I, about my cast members. They didn't do anything to me. I don't talk about my friends. I'm not looking for beefs with people by any means. There's just certain people that have done me the wrong way. Uh, Reggie Jackson. I'm at a charity event here in, uh, I want to say it was a 9-11 charity. One of these stockbroker companies, I don't know if you, and they invite all the celebrities, New York celebrities, and you get on the phone and you tell the people, buy this stock, buy that stock, and they give it to charities. They're very generous, you know, right? So I go up there and I have a buddy of mine that I grew up with, and every New York celebrity's there. Actors, actresses, Alex Rodriguez, uh, all the Yankees, Joe Namath, all the Giants. I mean, it's a whole New York thing. The Knicks are there, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going around with my buddy, and it's in an office. It's not like a bit, it's not at night, it's in the middle of the daytime. And I have a camera. Like my buddy's a pharmacist in Brooklyn. So this is all new to him. And I go to each person, and that's what you're there for. You're there to take pictures. Everybody's in a good mood. It takes a picture. This one, that one, this one. Reggie Jackson's talking to somebody. So I say, when there's a little break, I said, excuse me, Reggie, you mind taking a picture with my friend? And, uh, and he says, cocksucker, I'm talking to my wife on the phone. <laughs> he should have said that, but he didn't. So... <laughs> He's very he's rude. So I'm taking a picture of him and my friend, and I'm sitting and I but I take the picture and I said, Reggie, listen, I really appreciate it. I met you last year at this thing. And he goes to me, Oh yeah, I remember you now. 
I could complete, I'll complete fuck you, he gave me. Like, fuck you, fat boy. That's what he said. That's what I heard. Fuck you, fat so. All right. So I sit down, and uh, a guy that I know, he says, hey, man, he's a security guard at NBC. He went, I saw what Reggie did to you. Just so you know, listen to this. In the 70s, he used to come into my friend's restaurant, and he was rude to everybody. So one night, uh, he was rude to everybody in the restaurant, the managers, the waitresses, everyone. So one night, he ordered a shrimp cocktail. They went in the back. They shoved the shrimp up his, up their ass, and then they served it, and they watched him eat it. So I hope you feel better. <laughs> I said, well, I kind of feel sick. <laughs> But, but it was a great story and a, and a true story, right? So I, I told that on Conan. Now, I don't know if I run into Reggie somewhere. He might get mad, so I don't well, know. You didn't, well, you didn't quote cook it, you know It what wasn't I mean? me. I didn't yeah. shove him on my ass, so it, it does explain. Know. It does explain the restaurant having a bee in its window, but okay. So... Yeah. so that's what I, I would I would I would be worried that I would concern myself with the stupid facts of it because I'd be like, really, how does one get a shrimp really quickly up their butt? There you go. I don't know. Do you so, use some butter? Is butter always handy? <laughs> butter. You know these chefs. There's always butter up there. Well, I, I didn't mean necessarily for you to go through a laundry list, but you do say on your podcast how Daenerys an asshole, but I don't know how. Do you mind me t- saying yeah, how? It, I like was, so I, I worked with him one day. I auditioned for him in Scorsese in the mid-90s for Casino. Okay. And then I did a very, very, I got my sad card. You could barely hear me. I had like two lines. You barely see me, barely hear me. It was a scene where he stab, Pesci stabs the guy with the pen. Right. Okay. Oh, in the so, bar. Yeah, in the, the bar. bar. I'm in that. So if you put it on slow motion, you turn the volume up, you'll see and hear me. All right. Honestly, I'm going to do that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So here we are. That's 1995. So now I'm on The Sopranos. This is maybe 2002, three. Uh, we're at a charity event. Uh, Katie Couric had a, uh, a colon cancer charity. And we used to do that. She's great. And it was at the Waldorf, and everybody was there, you know. And and it was Meryl Streep to De Niro to every big star, blah, 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 blah. And afterwards, she had a big suite upstairs, and there was a party. So I go up there with uh, Paulie Walnuts, Tony Sirico, because we we did a thing from West Side Story with Giuliani and Tony Danza and Jesse Martin, you know. So I go up there, and there's hardly anyone there yet. De Niro's sitting in a chair. And uh, Tony Sirico, uh, hey, Bob, you know, da-da-da. And he says, you know, Steve Sharipa, right? And I shake his hand and I go, I, I know you're not going to remember this. Now, it wasn't that long ago, but I said, I know you're not going to remember this, but I was in that scene with you at, you know, uh, with uh, Joe, Joe Pesci with the pen. I was in that scene. Big scene, right? Very kind of famous scene in, the, yeah, in sure. that movie. Kind of know it. Even I know it. And, <laughs> and he goes, uh, uh, didn't you bring us food on the set? <gasps> what? And I went, no, I didn't bring you food. You sure you didn't bring us food? I said, not me. I think you got the wrong guy. No, no, no. You, he wouldn't fucking let it go. He was trying to embarrass me, which he did. Right. And well, he kept saying, no, 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 you brought us food. I don't know who he's talking about. He obviously... 
is mistaking me for someone else, but he wouldn't fucking let it go. But what what is the end game? Is it to just embarrass you? Because anybody I next to it, De Niro is somebody next to De Niro. So what the fuck I, is he doing? I, I think it was. I think it was to embarrass me. And he did. And that's my problem. Right. And I've heard, I know a whole lot of other stuff about him. Uh, real stuff. And he's just not a good guy as far as I'm concerned. Maybe to some people he is. But that's what people think. It's because, oh, it's Trump. It has nothing to do with any of that. But that's, you know, there was no reason to do that. And listen, I'm sorry, but people come up to me all the time and they say, hey, you know, you know, my cousin, blah, 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 da, da, da. Oh, yeah. Tell him I said hello. I mean, I don't know who the person is. Uh, there was a guy, I one of my first books, we had a line down the block, 500 people. A guy's there with his wife and his kid. The guy says, Steve, it's me. He claims we went to high school together. Right. I have no fucking clue who the guy was. But I didn't want to embarrass him in front of his wife and his daughter. Right. So, you didn't say prove it? You didn't say no. get the yearbook, motherfucker? I said, hey, good to see you. How are you? Your father's a good guy. I didn't know who the guy was. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's wrong. I don't know. So you didn't all say, I'm saying yeah, you didn't work in the cafeteria and serve me food? You were yeah, a classmate? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that I appreciate how you, like, um, people, when you meet them once, and then five, ten years later, you've already met, like, a lot of people, especially in our industry, and and they're just like, hey, I know you. It's, give me a little hint. I appreciate that you come in like, hey, you might not remember me, but this is what we did That's together. It, you know. That's it. Just just saying hello so that it's not weird. We're putting everything on the table. I don't like the people who are like, hey, you don't remember me? I'm like, yeah, sure, I remember you. Okay, what's my name? Where did we meet? Sure, this isn't, sure. This yeah. isn't a test. Don't That's test crazy, me. yeah. Who am I? Who am I? Who am right. I? They give you that. Yeah. How <laughs> yeah. do I know who you are? You know, Like, man, you really, you really rolled the dice on if you're going to be embarrassed or not. Yeah, yeah exactly. even at events that that we throw, when people say hi, I'm like, hi, I'm Hamda, and they laugh a little because it's like, yeah. well, we know, and I'm like, but this is, I'm meeting you, and I'm introducing myself just in case you want to hear how to pronounce my name because I, I remind my girlfriend every night. It's been two years <laughs> now. I don't want anybody awkward. I'm like, but it's me, Keith. Ew, stop miming you having sex. It's I'm so just letting weird. Them, I just want you to understand is, is, this. Is that what that was? Yeah, you were like jumping just, up and down. What is that? Well, she's she's on top in this scenario. Oh, you is know. that? Oh, okay. I hope yeah. so. Okay. Well, it's called making love, Steve. <laughs> but listen, this is how I look at it too. Like, right? I wasn't always a whatever you want to call it, a celebrity. I I've been very. Uh, I don't want to give the old blessed bullshit, but I've been very lucky. Honestly, I've been able to make a really good living. I've done a whole lot of stuff I was never going to be able to do. I've been able to take care of my family, put my kids through school. I feel I'm a much nicer guy now than I was, you know, 30 years ago. I mean, I've been very lucky, man. Look how lucky I got to do this and do what we're doing now and have a podcast and do a TV show. And Why wouldn't you be fucking nice? What's yeah. the problem? I mean, if I somebody somebody does you wrong, okay. But what's the beef? What's fucking De Niro's beef? He's worth hundreds million dollars. What's your you're your, your respected? I mean, all these people, comics, all these people. What is your problem? You made a lot of money. 
You have a nice wife. You have kids. What, what What's the problem? Right. You're right. It hey, takes but, but, a lot less energy to be nice, I think. I think so. I mean, I think so. I mean, listen, uh, I have, everyone has their moods. Don't get me wrong. But if a guy's an asshole or a girl, a lot of people know they're an asshole. They, they don't just do it to one person. You know, you say, oh, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah. There's comics who go, the guy's an asshole. You know, you ask 20 people and 18 of them will tell you the same thing. Oh, it's such a relief when that happens. I love it. I was on the phone earlier today and uh, I'm, I'm talking to a colleague basically and we have someone in common. I'm like, I am going for it. Well, <laughs> here's what she did once. I'm not really into this because of this thing. And he goes, girl, here's what I have. I'm yeah. like, oh, phew. And it, 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 was and then it kind of goes, good, because actually I was short. And here's the story. <laughs> hey, I, I've done it. You, now, do you guys, are you guys aware of Pat Cooper? Do you know who that is? Sure. The, the older okay. comic, yeah. So, so Pat Cooper, we were once friends, and uh, he was living in Vegas, but he was blackballed from Vegas. Okay? okay? He couldn't work there. You know, he's a guy who – Talks bad about everyone, motherfucks everyone. He 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 was on Stern. Then he started talking bad about Howard Stern. He used to go on Imus. Then he started talking bad about Imus. So we were friends. I became the entertainment director at the Riviera, and I used to book a lot of comics in the bigger room also. And I booked him 1995, April 1st. And he had never worked in Vegas in years and years and years and years. And he's kind of like the Italian Jackie Mason. That's how I can describe him, right? Uh, He's very popular with Italians, Italian-Americans. He worked. He did 601 people, which was pretty good showing. The room held 1,000. We took 200 seats out, 800 seats, 50 comps. The room was nice and full. He had an opening act. The show went great. After the show... Uh, we have a little celebration in the suite, blah, 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 blah. He was on a percentage deal, you know, a guarantee and a percentage. Okay. Okay. I get a phone call the next day uh, from like an anonymous guy. How many people did Pat Cooper do? Like a wise guy, like a, like a fucking wise guy guy, right? I said, none of your business, and I hung up. Right? <laughs> and another one, another guy called. How many fucking people were in that room? I said, none of your fucking business, right? Finally, a real wise guy that I know, uh, he passed away in Las Vegas. He calls me. He said, Pat is complaining. He said he had someone at the door with a clicker, and there was more people in there than there were seats, according to him. Right, right. I said, listen, complete lie. You know, okay, the tickets come out of the box office. They sold 601. It wasn't like a guy at a comedy club at the door, you know. For the next 20 years, he told lies about me, that I robbed him, that I beat up comics. He told lies. Swear to God. And the hotel wanted to sue him, and I told him not to, for defamation, for real. And when I ran into him on a plane, he, you know, he's a complete bully. Now he's 90 years old now, and he's still, he's still alive, I guess, and well. But for years and years and years. They always are. That fucking evilness. It's like the emperor, right? It keeps him alive. And then, you know, on I Miss a Show once, he was bad rapping me on the air, 
And they called me at home and they said, do you want to rebuttal him? I said, absolutely not, because that's what he wanted, you know. And he told lies about me for fucking years and years and years and years. I mean, what happened on that plane? When you see him on that plane? This is what happened on the plane. I called my attorney. It was an America West flight. So it was a while ago from Vegas to New York. I called call my, my attorney. attorney. I go, real quick, what's international law mean? <laughs> We're in the air, quick. No, I called him before I got took off. I said, Pat Cooper's on the plane. If he says one word to me, I'm going to smack the shit out of him. I'm going to make him cry like a fucking baby. I said, so get ready because I'm going to get arrested and just do what you have to do. I swear to God, my hand to God. And he didn't say a fucking word to me because he's a bully. Right. You know, of course. He's a fucking bully. And here's a guy wealthier than wealthy. He doesn't talk to his two kids. He doesn't talk to his stepdaughter. Wealthier than wealthy, this fucking guy. Right. More money uh, than you could ever imagine. And just not happy. Just a miserable. Brings no joy to anyone ever. Now, I'm, you know? I'm the one who asked for these stories, so don't get me wrong. But when somebody like You're this appears on... You're riling me up, fucker, Keith. <laughs> I love it. It's it's my birthday. But when some, one of these celebrities pops on TV, do you go off and your wife has to calm calm you down? Like I know, I know, honey. We know Pat fucking Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 so much anymore. She she knows. You know she knows. Yeah. By the way, congrats, oh, thirty one years. What right? I'm doing? What I'm you, doing? You do this the honey, you Pat the... Cooper. That... Yeah, yeah. You don't say it during sex, right? Uh, <laughs> you've been married thirty one years, right? <laughs> 31 years, yeah. 31, congrats. What is what is the secret? Is it to sometimes also do it like this with the leg up? Look at What's the secret to a healthy marriage? <laughs> she's, in, she's in the other room. Let me get her. Honey, can we show him? He's young. He doesn't even know about this one. And then about this one. <laughs> What is that? Let me see that again. That's you're hopping, the, that's, you're hopping that's around the, on one foot. Yeah, that's the birthday special. You is can do it on behind, a Thursday. Is she you behind want, you, know. you on that one? You, you know that. You knew yeah. that. You weren't asking. <laughs> you ever see now people people do when they go on dates? Because Match.com and stuff like that is still running. So now all the dates are virtual. But man, how fast. I never knew how to get out of a bad date. I pay for dinner. I leave. I just never see you again. But now you can just be like, oh, I'm having connection problems. Click. Hold on. Click shit. Leave it. Click ver- are they click. really? There virtual? we go. Are they really doing dates virtually? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> and listen, I'm way old. I'm way older than you guys. But right. I would never take the girl to dinner first. I take her out for a drink. You can't be stuck at dinner at someone for for two hours. Someone you can't stand in the first five minutes. Now you got to take her to dinner and then talk to her. That's terrible. Well, how did well, it would be weird wife? if it's it would be weird if it's over Zoom and you're eating dinner together. <laughs> they're doing that. <laughs> I guess she, I she's guess. licking her fingers. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. I fuck. Gotta click. Go. Which button? Fuck. <laughs> what were you saying, Hemda? How did you meet your wife? Because you uh, seem you seem still in love. Like that's still your partner. You have a lot yeah, of respect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're friends. We get along. We have a good time. I mean, you know, uh, I met her. She was going to UNLV, you know, uh, in Vegas. She was born in Vegas, and we worked at, we worked together in a nightclub. 
and she was a waitress while she was going to school. And I asked her out and bah, do, you bah, any, bah. do you have any advice? Because you, you were like, we were one of the last people who met, even my boyfriend, I met initially on the internet, then became friends and then dated. But, um, you're like one of the last people who are meeting in person. Do you have any advice on uh, dating, being married, being together for so long? Well, get a well, flip phone. I've been in so many arguments over <laughs> misunderstanding a fucking emoji. Get a flip hey, listen, phone. That's how people get in trouble on those yeah. phones, your emails and shit. That's, that's right. Get in trouble. I can't cheat. Right. My phone does nothing. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, you know, I, I, you know, honestly, I think, you know, you don't have to be together every second. And I think that's what a lot of people do. Like, it's like you're together too much every minute. And I, we never did that, even though we've been married, and of course. And we go out a lot, go to dinner even now. But she does her thing. She's a runner. She does her thing. I do my thing. You know, not every second. You know, you see guys even just dating a girl. They're with them every second, every moment. They get rid of all their friends. It's just me and you. And I think that's a problem. I mean, yeah, but now people are around each other every second. Did you, is there anything new after three decades that you're learning about your wife that you can't go to work? Like, holy shit, you chew with your whole face? No. Like, no. Has anything happened that blew your mind or no? There's no okay. surprises. I know. Okay. <laughs> and, and, you, and I have a pretty good size apartment, but it's not huge. And there's right. three of us here. Are you de- are you debating about leaving New York because we're on top of each other and there's no end to this? Well, I have a house in California. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Monday. I'm a, a little reluctant. I'm reluctant to go to California, but I don't know when's gonna be a good time. So we're gonna go out there. I have a house uh, like a mile from the beach. Go out there. You could spread out. I have a backyard. You know, a little spread out. I I've been holed up here. Uh, like you said, production shut down on the thirteenth. You know, we were supposed to be in Europe. We do this show called uh, Conversation with the Sopranos. It's kind mm-hmm. of active studio. Right. And we were supposed to be right now, as we speak, uh, in London and Scotland and Ireland. We had a 16-city tour, which was almost sold out uh, months ago, and then we had to cancel it. So I'll just go kind of hang there until Blue Blood starts again and – if it ever that's, starts again, you know. That's a really good idea. And I don't, this might be a weird question, but did you consider flying private so that you're not? Um, yeah, I did, but it's way too much money. I'm not yeah. doing that well. I'm not doing that well. We also talked about getting a tour bus. We thought that might kind of be fun. but that And drive across? Be, yeah. I thought that yeah. might be kind of fun. Not me yeah. driving, somebody. <laughs> Sure. I but can see you- why. Like, I really feel like our New York apartments, you know, when they show tiny houses on TV, I'm like, I guess I live in a tiny house. This yeah. is just a New York apartment. So a house on wheels, I feel like it's the same distance sometimes. Uh, you know, that I thought we, we thought it might be fun. But if you have one of those real big buses, that would be fun. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. like a like a Willie Nelson goes out on the bus and it's all tricked out. That would be kind of cool if you had somebody else driving it then you got to oh, be speak- with a stranger the whole time that's know? true yeah but speaking of also- like, speaking of willie nelson i that that makes drugs come into my mind and there's a lot of like new stuff on netflix and in general talking about psychedelics and the positive side of it and i know we grew up with this um uh 
this is your brain on drugs. You're going to smoke marijuana one time and you're going to go into a terrible place and never come back. Things like that. Have you done psychedelics? Do you have uh, a thought about it? Are you not interested? Do you, did you ever do hard drugs or are you just never. a drinker? Never? I drink. No, never. Yeah. Never. I've never, I, I guess I, 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 I'm not a weed person ever. I don't, I've never even smoked a cigarette. It's just not, it's not like, oh, I'm healthy. It's not that at all, obviously. It's just not my thing. Just not my thing. I, I drink. I haven't had a drink since this started, though. Cause I oh, figured, wow. yeah, for two months, I'm saying, what am I going to do? Drink and watch fucking TV? I mean, what am I going to do? That's no fun. I'd like going to a bar, watching a game, meet my friends, go to dinner. I, I sitting here drinking a bottle of Kettle One isn't going to do anything for me. So what I have not. It? And it's also weird for family members to see you watching yourself with a nice tall drink. It doesn't make it look like work. It looks like you have an ego problem. Yeah, I, it's not for you me. Know? It's not for, right. <laughs> not for me. And so you you have a place in California and a, a daughter. Have you had to have a conversation with her about the fact that it's recreational weed? Do you, do you think about that kind of stuff? Because a lot of people are like, what are we going to tell our children? Is that a thing? Well, they're 28. I have two daughters, 28 and 24. Uh, I'm not naive to think that, you know, uh, obviously, I'm not naive. I mean, they they went to college. I went away to school. There's not going to never been a problem ever with any of that. You know, they drink. I've never seen them uh, come home bombed or drunk or anything. I've never seen that in my company. You know, I, that wouldn't make me happy. Uh, I always tell them, try to stay in control. I've never had the drug talk. I've never had to, you know. I mean, they know that it's uh, not acceptable for me. It's just not, you know. The, I know people that go, you know, listen, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about the weed. Everyone does whatever they want. But, you know, I, I some people love it. They smoke long. I just personally can't think you could do a better job high than not high. Well, uh, Kyle uh, has three kids, the one, woman I'm seeing. Uh, and I told them, I'm like, listen, you're growing up. You're going to want to do drugs. Do them only with me. I'd like to know where everybody's at. But and, you know what I'm saying? I listen yeah. in Vegas. It's legal. You get it delivered. You know they deliver it to the hotels now. You know I don't oh, know if I you know. knew that. They, you know, and I have a couple friends that own whatever you call them the uh, dispensaries. Dispens dispensaries, yeah. Uh, like I said, it's just never been my thing. If it works for you, helps you sleep. If you're in pain, stuff like that, or before you go to bed, you want to get high, it's fine. But all day long, I don't know, this doesn't work for me. Probably people out there are going, well, fuck you. What do you know, fatty? But that's just me. I'm also way older than you guys. I'm old. I'm an old guy. How he old can't are tell you? him nothing. He already called himself fat. How are you going to put in this? It's like nobody was yelling I'm at old. Me. I'm an old guy. I don't, I don't, I don't. And, you know, in my day, you had people uh, – you know, especially when I was a bouncer, they were doing ludes in those days. Remember quaaludes? Right. I that know was a big sure. thing. They were they were falling. Sometimes there's like six people knocked out from quaaludes and shit. <laughs> you know, you couldn't even get away. You couldn't wake them up. It was a whole different time, you know. <laughs> well, man, Steve, I got to tell you, we uh, we love you. And like Steve's saying, wear your fucking mask. You know, Sarah Beatty brought up a good point on Twitter. She says, the epitome of being an American 
is how we went through all this shit to protect ourselves, but then got bored and decided, fuck it, let's die. That's exactly yeah, it's, right. We're not on the other know, side of the I'm street. saying we went this far. You know, let, let's go a little longer. I mean, right. I have my masks and the gloves, and I don't get it. I don't get it. What's also the rush? So they opened the beach in Florida last week, and, like, everybody went to the beach, like thousands and thousands of people. Did you have to go to the beach? They're like, it's I mean, been so, so long since open. I got – yeah, how, how do I get strangers pissed in my mouth? You know, it's like, you know, quick, today. I mean, you know can't you? What I was thinking, because we have uh, a little bit of, of a, not a backyard, there's concrete, but it's outside, and we have our own private outdoor space in New York, which That's is very good. rare. I am seriously considering, and actually, I think I've, I've confirmed, I'm going to get a, a blow-up pool, like, just to... A really take a dip, take a dip. That's all right. Right, I you know the neighbors could see from the building above, and they are just gonna see two forty somethings in a bathing suit just outside, Fantastic. like we're outside in a kiddie pool. I think pool. that's great because it's gonna no, get a little happen. funky if it gets real hot here and everybody has their air on and you know the air mm. conditioning on and. I think I, I worry about that. So hopefully it'll get better. But I just think that when they start opening the phases, you don't have to all go to the same restaurant. We all don't have to go to the beach. We all got to go to the bar tonight, right now. Let's go. Right. You know, should it be a should there be a trap like the beach is open, but really it's just a garage and we trap those people in? Just thinking out loud. I, I mean, I didn't. I'm not running for government. This is day one thinking out loud. Uh, you, you I can could tell by your face. I can tell Listen, by your face. Keith, you couldn't do any worse than anybody else. Believe me. <laughs> right? Believe right? me. Let me believe tell you, by me. the way, I have a little back concrete area, too. You know what I do out there when it's late at night? No. Ugh. Really? You know what? You know and now, where are the three kids when you're doing that to their mother? They always they always excuse themselves. What you do? <laughs> I don't even have to ask them. And then they when you're me. doing this to the mother, what, what's... What 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 goes on? How old are these they, kids, man? They uh, twelve, fourteen, and seventeen, and they know oh, when it's bedtime. Yeah, oh, no problem. The Seventeen-year-old, the four, they know. Yeah, I go. Oh. You want to you want to stay up? You short? No, we're going to bed. Fake dad. Oh. I'm like, all right, very good, very good. <laughs> go stay. Uh, the, they should go stay with their dad or something. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you know what? Maybe dad wasn't so bad. I don't know what pago stick fake dad is doing. But anyways, uh, you can follow Steve on Twitter, Steven Sharippa. On Instagram, it's Steve Sharippa Official. The website, stevesharippa.com. The podcast, Talking Sopranos, you want to download right now on your computer or your phone from the future. It's all right there. I love it. It's him. It's Michael Imperioli. And it's, if you're thinking, I know who hasn't thought, hey, maybe I'll go back, watch the Sopranos again. Now's the time to do it. You get the little inside scoops and then just out of the blue. A celebrity can go die in a ditch. I that love it. That sounds good. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Always Thank fun. you, guys. Really. Stay Thank safe. You.